On this week's Deseret News, Ute Insiders, we break down Utah's 17-6 win over Northern Illinois. Look ahead to the big game with the Washington Huskies. We also visit with Utah Athletic Director Mark Harlan. Break down the Pac-12 South games this week, and we got a lot more than that. Stay tuned for this episode of Ute Insiders. Welcome to another episode of the Deseret News Ute Insiders. I'm Dirk Facer, joined today by colleagues Amy Donaldson and Trent Wood. Amy, Trent, how are you this week? Doing good. Million bucks over here. Good. That's what we need. <laughs> yes. Probably a little better than the Utes, but we're to so, jump right into things. Utah well, defeated yeah. Northern Illinois 17-6, to but it took a late 40-yard interception return by Chase Hansen to seal the deal here. Amy, what are your... Uh, What's your take on the game, considering they got Washington coming up? Um, I I think that uh, my my take on the game was Utah's always good at defense, and we know that. And maybe I just have to stop expecting them to ever be prolific on offense. Trent, what do you think? I think we're all prone to overreactions. And when you look at some of the stuff from that game, they actually played better than it appeared live, but it looked pretty bad live. <laughs> that, you know. So we didn't see what we saw? That's what you're saying? Yeah. You know, it's one of those things, you know, talking to players and coaches after the game, you know, everybody kind of played it off as, you know, that's the second game of the year. A win is a win, even though Kyle Whittingham said he never looks at things that way. Yeah. But is a win a win? I mean, it's good enough, 2-0 and going into the Washington game? I mean, we don't know who any of these teams are yet. It was only week two of the season. We don't know how good Northern Illinois is. We have no idea how good Utah is yet. So, I mean, at this point, it's hard to make any overarching claims. Well, I would say no. A win is not a win because a win masks problems. When you lose, you know you have stuff to address because you hate losing and it impacts where you can play in a bowl and all that stuff. So you address a lot. You address things. I think it's easier to get the attention of your players and to make fixes when you lose. And when you win, there's just this idea. Well, but we won, right? So the result keeps you from addressing the, the, that maybe you didn't deserve to win that game. Well, what are the red flags then? There's some obvious ones there. Yeah. We talked about the offense, yeah. for one thing, and the fact that defense got the job done. But mm-hmm. one offensive touchdown. Yeah. Amy, what do you think's wrong with the offense right now? Um, well, I think in that game, I, I think it was. I don't know what happened to the offensive line. I mean, I think that offensive line play was just a completely different story in the second game. Um, was it a better team? You know, was that a, did they face a better defensive line? I don't know. Weavers was pretty good too. So. But, yeah, that, the offensive line play, and I think that led to a lot less, a very anemic ground game. And if Utah doesn't run the ball, they are not going to beat the teams they need to beat. Trent, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, along with that, I think the poor offensive line play forced Tyler Huntley to go to what he feels most comfortable with, which is quarterback carries, and it just did not work. And so when he threw the ball, it worked well. He just didn't have time to throw it. And so then he got flustered and started running the ball, and it did not work for them. All right. I think he had 19 times he carried the ball, and that's a <laughs> few of them was just holding onto the ball while he was getting the crud kicked out of him. But yeah. Northern Illinois did have a nice pass rush. Uh, Sutton Smith, obviously, an NFL talent. And, he was uh, in the backfield the entire game. The entire game. He had the playbook, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> One more cliche. You win some Twizzlers. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, uh, the big thing after uh, was probably the receiving game. You know, a lot of people are talking about when's Utah going to be able to throw the ball effectively. Britt and Covey, eight catches. Nobody else on the team had more than two. And I had a chance to catch up with Britton on uh, 
at the press conference on Monday, and here's what he had to say. Uh, I'm a lot more encouraged now after watching film than I was after the game. Um, and a lot of it stems back to what Coach said. You know, we just kind of shot ourselves in the foot a lot of times. We, we would have drives where we were moving the ball, first down, second first down, and then all of a sudden we'd have a holding penalty, a drop ball, or a sack, and those are just drive killers. After the game, you complimented your receiving core. How are the guys right now? Because a lot of them are dropping passes and that, and probably are they discouraged, or do you sense everybody's up? You know, it's such a mental game, and and uh, what what we're just focusing on is not listening to the outside noise because you've got so many people. You realize in sports, his opinion is so fickle; it just changes, you know. And and people love you one moment and they don't the next. So you got to focus on, you know, what you believe about yourself and then what your teammates believe about you. And uh, some of the guys that maybe were a little bit discouraged, be what it be, drop balls, playing time missed assignments uh, we, we kind of just gathered together this morning and and we believe in each other and we're not listening to what other people say you know we, we understand we know what we have to prove and so uh, we're a really tight-knit group um, even tighter knit than, than we were my freshman year okay so I'm I'm really excited for what we, we're gonna show the rest of the year confident yeah I'm, I'm very confident I, I mean I think it's natural to um, overreact a little bit uh, but at the same time we need to play better and we know that so you know we're just kind of trying to keep it within ourselves and not listen to what the outside is saying all right it's pretty obvious that Britton Covey still believes in this position group feels like there's a talent there to get the job done and then He's not really hitting the panic button. What do you guys think? I think he's right. I mean, but it's Britain, and Britain's a great leader, and he did that after the first game when he had another. He had a great game. Uh, he he believes in the guys, and and he's a great leader, and he's going to keep building them up. That's what he does. And um, but they do have the talent to get the job done. But they need an offensive line that can give Tyler Huntley time to throw, you know, passes to the right guys. Well, Trent, we mentioned before we went on the air here that there's some young receivers that stepped up and made some mm-hmm. big catches. Can you expand on that a little bit? I mean, Jalen Dixon had only two catches, but one was a big over-the-shoulder catch that he had in the game. I mean, Solomon Ennis, every time he's gotten on the field, has shown that he can play receiver. I think all of the receivers have shown glimpses of being good players. It's just they haven't been consistent other than Covey. I think that's the big thing that they have to figure out. Right, and obviously their talent's there, but they've got to, you know, in practice to kind of open things up again because some of these younger players or new players to the program are going to get an opportunity. It's all about catching the ball, isn't it? Yeah. Now, Amy, you made a good point a minute ago. Mm-hmm. And whenever you make a good point, the I write it down better. and I, I highlight it. That's say, right. No, you talked about Tyler Huntley not having much time to get rid of the ball. He was sacked yeah. six times. Mm-hmm. And I got a chance to catch up with Tyler at Media Day as well. He's still in one piece. Film of the game, you feel like uh, it is just execution, or what, are, what other things did you see that yeah, maybe could be touched short like, up? I feel like it's execution because everything that everything that was in, um, that went wrong in the game is it, like things that we knew we, sh- we should have did. You know what I'm saying? Things was there and it just just didn't happen as that ha- happened. You get what I'm saying? So um, kind of it's just like one person could mess You get what I'm saying? One thing could mess up a whole play. So yeah, I, think, I feel like that happened a lot last week. I mean, it's, it's, if everybody take care of their job, we'll be fine. So no need to hit the panic button. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? We still 2-0. All right, execution, obviously, the big thing with Tyler Huntley. 
Is it time to even think about having somebody else play quarterback for the Utes, or is it way too early? And <laughs> wrong answer. Yeah, it's it's way too early. That was week two. I mean, you have to give. He's the returning starting quarterback. You got to give him more time. Well, and I think if you get sacked six times, they're in your head, right? So there's that aspect, but also I think there's this idea that where's my line? What, what's ha- you know? If I have to protect myself by running or moving or collapsing on the ball. You can't think about much else. And, I mean, when Zach – there was less than 100 yards rushing on the, for the team. That's not a Utah team. That's not a Utah game. So I don't think it's on Tyler. I don't think it's, I don't think it's indicative of what he can do or what he's capable of. It is indicative of what kind of leader he's going to be, how they bounce back from that. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think also the fact that – I think a lot of people are making a, a big issue of the fact that Utah needs to be, you know – a ground team that just pounds them and then gets you on defense. But Kyle Whittingham said at the start of the year, if they want to take that step to the next level and be a contender, they have to get a throw game together. <sighs> and I'm so tired of that, that you have to do what you do well first, right? You, they have to have a ground game. They have to. They're Utah, and they're going to rely on defense. I mean, at some point you are who – I mean, you, this is your identity. Own it. And then you can expand, and they have the receivers to have a nice – a passing game, and they've had good passing yards in both games, but they have to stay stick with what they do well. Well, that was made that Zach Moss maybe didn't get enough touches in the game. That was brought up at uh, the press conference and such. But I think one thing that was lost on this, and he had 16 carries. Mm-hmm. His longest run of the day was 12 yards. Yeah. That's so he didn't issue. break any away. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. I mean, it, it's also weird that they don't seem to hand the ball off to anybody but Moss. You didn't see Armand Shine come in. You didn't see TJ Green come in. They came in for one or two carries at a time. And so it feels like if they're going to run the ball more like they should, they need to get some of those other guys involved. Obviously, Zach Moss is the feature back, but he's got to get a break sometime. Well, and then Tyler Huntley had the longest run of the day, 20-yarder. So, you know, he's obviously a weapon to run the ball, too. So I think when you say maybe that it's, you know, one-dimensional, you obviously have a quarterback that can run, too, which is a little dangerous. But uh, Zach Moss— but if, a, but if a third of your yards are coming from your quarterback, you're in trouble. Oh, your ground yards, your rushing yards. All right. Well, the That's what I say, and I challenge you to a duel of Sprite. All right, guys. Well, here come the real Huskies. They played the Northern Illinois Puppy Dogs, and now they go to the Big Dogs. What do you think, guys? Is Utah ready for this? Because in a way, if you think about it, Utah coming off a subpar performance may not be a bad thing because it you know, gets the players' focus and attention, not that the Pac-12 opener against the league favorites wouldn't, but there's some things they need to tweak. Trent, what do you think going into this Husky game? I mean, isn't the cliche with Utah football, they played at the level of their opponent and they've done that the entire mm-hmm. Kyle, Kyle Whittingham era, and so I can't imagine it's not a close, hard-fought game because every, every time they play a good team, they play them well. They might not win, but they'll be close. I think it's going to be a close game. I think that – and that's sort of – it's been their relationship with Washington. Right. And I don't know if that's – that there are some similarities in what they do um, or if or in their in the way the coaches approach the game. But I think that it's going to be a really close one. And whoever wins is going to do just as much as they need to to win. And both teams are kind of in that, that, that uh, cycle right now. What's the one thing – if you had to do it down to one thing – that Utah needs to do to win this game, Amy, what would you think? Have better offensive line play. Trent? I think it's going to be the secondary against Jake Browning. I think that's the most interesting thing, and I think if they win that, they win the game. What about the linebackers? Obviously, you had uh, Cody Barton and Chase Hansen, Defensive Player of the Week, combined for 25 tackles. They were all over the field against Northern mm-hmm. Illinois. 
It's going to be a different story this week just because of the higher level of play that they're going against. I mean, they're still going to get a lot of chance. Washington likes to run the ball, and they're going to do a lot of short passes as well. It's not just deep routes for Washington, so they're still going to be have to be incredibly involved. I think you're going to see Marquise Blair have an amazing game. That's my prediction for the game. You're going to see some great defensive play from that kid this game. Do you guys think there's any uh, advantage? And we really didn't see it last year, obviously, but Troy Taylor, knowing Browning as well as he does, tendencies, anything like that, or are they too far removed from high school? Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think any. Thanks for asking, though. We appreciate <laughs> it. I'm not asking a question, having it just go boom in your face. Well, Dirk, you should be used to that. <laughs> I'm used to it. We're used to it. Hey, now it's uh, time for our weekly Utah by Five segment. I had an opportunity to catch up with new Utah Athletic Director Mark Harlan, and he's uh, in the podcast business himself, and we talk about that and a few other things. Mark, I appreciate you joining us for the segment. Uh, I was going to ask you, How's things worked out at Utah? You had an experience being in the Pac-12 at Arizona, UCLA. Everything that you thought about Utah has come true, or is well, it- you know, absolutely. I mean, the one thing you always knew about Utah when you were competing was that, particularly in football and in, in basketball, was just the crowd and how they're on top of you and, 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 and so involved. And after my first football game, that was reinforced. <laughs> you know, here it is a Thursday night, six o'clock, challenging for people to get here, get off work, get their kids here, and boy, everyone was there. And so, you know, that was something I was really looking forward to, and, and it even exceeded my expectations. And then from just a, a standpoint of com- competition, you know, again, didn't matter what sport you're competing against Utah in, you know you're in for a fight. And, and I've seen that already from our, our fall competitors. I mean, you know, every game we've, we've either been in or fought and, or, or won. So, you know, that part has been also very, very uh, gratifying to watch how hard our kids compete. You have your own podcast. How's that worked out? It's kind of new for a lot of us guys of this generation. <laughs> yeah. No, I really enjoy it. You know, I think there's a bunch of different ways to get your message out about what I'm thinking about, what we're up to in the department. And I think it's a great platform to do that. Um, selfishly, you know, I, I, I really get excited about it because I have that part where I interview one of our student athletes. And I did that at South Florida. And, um, you know, certainly we'll do that here and, and you know, Mr. Covey was my, my first guest. Right. And Pretty he was good so, <laughs> so, so great and got a chance to really dig in with some things that he's been going through and how excited he is to be back. And so we'll continue to do it. But I think it's just a, it's a fun thing to do for us to make sure that, that we talk to our fans and, and communicate what's going on. How did you end up being an athletic director? Where, where did you take that path that, that led you to where you're at now? Well, it was it was a it was a path that that started when I was a student at the University of Arizona. I was a student manager. It was the way that we were able to afford to go out of state to to, to get education. And I think my junior year, I, I started kind of creeping around the quote unquote second floor okay. and started meeting the administrators up there. At the time, said Cedric Dempsey went on to be the NCAA president, and and then eventually Jim Leidengood, who I got my first job with. So I I just kind of started as a student got involved, asked questions. And then when I graduated, got my master's in, in, in sports administration. And, and it just kind of blossomed from, from there and was able to work my way up and work at some incredible institutions. But never in my dreams did I have a, uh, any inclination that I would you know, come to Utah and, and be in charge of, a, of an incredible school in, in the greatest conference in America. So I'm, 
I'm thrilled as you can possibly be. Any culture shock moving from Florida to Utah? Maybe winter. Well, the time. I mean, my kids have never seen snow. Uh, I haven't skied in 10 years, although I used to ski a lot. And I did notice there's these things called mountains here, right. which we didn't have in Florida. Uh, you know. No, it's been great, and the people have been just terrific, and, you know, I've got an eighth grader and a fifth grader, and, and my wife and I were just talking the other night about just, you can just tell what a great place this is to raise a family, and, you know, so, you know, you take all the greatness of the university, and you combine it with just this incredible area that we live in, the Salt Lake region, and, and uh, you know, we're, we're just thrilled. Was it hard to leave Florida? I know that, I mean, the great opportunity here, obviously. But you come across to me as a guy that, that's loyal, and yep. it's hard to say goodbye. It was really hard. Uh, it's a great question. Uh, great people there. Um, you know, uh, really got to know our student athletes and our coaches. Um, some some incredible, incredible people there. And you know, the president there was terrific to me. The board of trustees we did a lot of great, great work there. Real proud of it. You know, um, football got turned around, and and you know that kind of lifted. The program, nine teams in the top 25, graduation rates that were soaring, and, and it was a collective group. It wasn't me. It was a collective group of people right. that worked really, really hard. So, yeah, it was very difficult. And, the, and obviously, there's the personal side of it, too. You meet great friends. The kids make great friends. So, to answer your question, yes. But that being said, you know, when you have an opportunity like uh, Utah to come in after, you know, Chris Hill you know, led this place in, in just incredible manner for 30-plus years, and you get to come in and, and such a such a place that's already elevated and to be able to try to do the things that we need to do to take it to the next step, that opportunity was just way too good to pass up. Mark, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate Mark Harlan joining us for that segment. And each week we have that. Amy, I understand you got somebody... Exciting for next week. I'm very excited. I think we might have to expand the segment by from five minutes to ten minutes. But uh, we're going to catch up with Steve Tate. Sweet. Good guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, a political a activist. busy guy. Yes, yeah. a busy guy. He's doing days. it all. Yeah, appreciate. It. Well, guys, let's size up the Pac-12 South now. But uh, things are sort of uh, kicking off conference-wise. Utah, obviously, they've got that BYU game at the end of the year. But their next nine games are all conference games. What? How do you size up the South at this point, Trent? It's totally up for grabs. Anybody who thinks they know what team is going to win is lying. There's no way you have any idea what team is going to win it. Amy, what do you think? There are a lot of surprising scores. Well, and that's why I think it's actually the perfect year for Utah to put something special together because I do think the Pac-12 might be down a teeny bit and that it's anybody's to win. You know, the interesting thing was at the start of the year in the preseason media poll, obviously, Arizona State and Colorado were picked to finish at the bottom. Utah plays both those teams on the road. Mm -hmm. Does that change the dynamics of this? If they end up being the tougher teams that Utah is going to have to Maybe go to Boulder or Tempe and get the victory? I think both of those teams are the type of teams that Utah can beat. They play a type of game that Utah is comfortable playing. And I don't think I, – I don't know that being at home has been an advantage and being on the road has been a disadvantage to Utah as much as we always make it out to be. Right. And it's, it's, I guess the interesting thing was – Some of their key, marquee wins have been on the road. Yeah. They have, but I think going into the season you kind of looked at – and a lot of people looked at their schedule and said, okay – Easy game, on the, even though it's on the road. Easy game, though it's on the road. Those games don't look so easy right now. It's true, but then they'll have easier games than people thought, like against Arizona. And, You're right. And, that, and, and Arizona. And then I was maybe going to say USC, but no. Take that, BYU. No, no, no. I was just going to say, I think USC is going to be get better and better. Yeah, they should. And, uh, you know, but then again, you can look at the schedule. That game's in Salt Lake. So yeah. it's, it's going to be some interesting dynamics coming up. Well, guys, let's jump into our weekly 
Pac-12 pick'ems in the South and look at the games and just get your opinions. Um, how about New Hampshire at Colorado? There's not much to say about Colorado. that. Colorado. Colorado. We're done. Move done on. Done with that one. I got another <laughs> <Next>. one. <laughs> Let's take our beloved Southern Utah T-Birds at Arizona. Same thing? I think this one's harder. This one is harder. Don't you think? Yeah. Because I, I, I don't. You don't? No, I think Arizona is, if they have anything, they need to show it now. Well, obviously, I would agree with that. But I, I think SUU, I was surprised they got beat as badly as yeah, they, they did, did against Oregon State. Well, that's, I think that's one thing I'm taking into consideration is they got thumped by the Beavers, and I can't see it being any better going to well, Tucson. Well, and they got upset by a lower division team their opening game of the season, too. So yes. Arizona's going to win, but I'm not confident. But Arizona's winless right now. Yeah. So Are you going to go with the T-Birds, Amy? It's a tough one, but I have faith in, in uh, DeMario, so I'm going to go with the T-Birds. All right. Yeah. Local Homer. I like it. I'm riding that, I'm riding that uh, Arizona sex rocket into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we go, guys. We got the big one, USC at Texas. Probably not as big as uh, the TV networks had hoped it would be at this point, but uh, it's still USC and Texas. So USC. Like, I'm going to go Texas. College football is strange. It's not that strange. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as strange as us. But No, I'm going to go with USC because I feel like uh, they're too good to lose two games in a row. Mm-hmm. That simple. But uh, Texas is a surprisingly uh, mediocre ball club, and yep. you expect with the money they've spent. And, and it's Texas. The quote-unquote yeah. recruiting they can do, they'd be better than they are. But uh, All right, let's go to Arizona State at San Diego State. I think uh, ASU's uh, reign of terror is over. I think the Aztecs beat them. Wow. Wow. I'm going Arizona State. Yeah, i got to pick ASU. Easily. Easily. Huh? Easily. Uh-huh. They will easily beat all right, so we'll see. Fresno State at UCLA. Get your tickets for that one. That be fun. <laughs> UCLA, next. <laughs> yeah, UCLA. I'm yeah. taking Fresno. Now you're just being contrarian. <laughs> Absolutely. We're betting lunch on this. I bet you one burrito. <laughs> Let's bet two. <laughs> okay, double or nothing. All right, and I think we're down to the big one now. Washington at Utah. I like the Utes to win a close game here. I think that this is a game they've circled uh, – for a long time, and the fact that last year in Seattle they had it won, they lost the lead within the last two minutes. Mm-hmm. Frustration, you know. The last time Chase Hansen played uh, against Washington, he didn't play in the game last year. You know, Utah did well his freshman year up in Seattle, mm-hmm. and he seems to rise to the occasion when they play Washington when he's on the field, and he seems to be healthy in the top of his game. So I'm going with Utes. I'm going to pick Washington. I think it's going to be super close and competitive. I think Washington wins it on a late field goal. I think it's low scoring. I just think that the Huskies are the better team. Uh, I, I'm going to go with Utah as well. And I think that's probably Homer pick. <laughs> it is a Homer pick. Because Dirk and I, will get, maybe we get to cover a better bowl game. No, but I, I do think, <laughs> I think, um, I, I think, uh, I think Utah is a better team. Uh, but I, I definitely think, Utah will be better after the loss. I think there's a, a lot of pride in that program, and I think you're going to see that offensive line be better than they've been this year. Yeah, because those are some good players on the offensive line, and I think you have some real good leadership there, and I think you're going to see a much improved offensive line and a much improved ground game. And if you don't, then Trent will be right. I'll be right. Do you guys think the Utes have been a little vanilla in these first two games, looking ahead to this game because this game – this game has national implications. It would put Utah in the rankings, obviously, if they win, put them in a good driver's seat to win the South. It's probably a game that a lot of, a lot of people chalked up as a victory going into the season, but if they get it, it's huge. When you say it? vanilla, do you mean yeah. safe? 
Yeah, they just sort of played things down so that uh, so that we're debating about whether they'll rise to the occasion or not. I mean, do you think this is Are the game? Are you talking like gear- play calling or just their attitude? Everything. To the game? They've just been gearing everything up to this Washington game, and we just haven't seen it. And they've you think gone they're through playing the possum? No, I don't. Yeah. I, I don't believe that at all. Yeah, no, I don't. I think they've been vanilla in that they've been boring about some of the things they've done, especially. I think you could look at whole quarters where the play calling has been to not lose the game rather than to try to win the game. And I think right. they're best when they're fearless and creative and aggressive. So that's their game. Oh, and I, I, I kind of expect them to just uh, be the, not Superman coming out of a Clark Kent outfit, but uh, I really think they're going to open things up and I think we're going to see some things that we haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. And I think this will be a real slugfest because I think Chris Peterson will do the same thing on the other side, you know. I don't know how much Utah learned about Washington. The Auburn game was interesting, but playing North Dakota last week, the Huskies did. I don't think they really showed anything that they're going to unveil maybe in Salt Lake. I think you're going to have two teams that are, like you said, prideful, and they're going to come out for a slugfest. Well, I think if you take anything from them beating up on North Dakota, you take that they beat an opponent that they should by a lot bigger margin than Utah beat yeah. Weaver State. And I think it's kind of a it's kind of a myth that teams hold back against lower opponents. You want to win, and you want to win convincingly, and prove that you can do what you know you do. Holding stuff back that just that makes it seem like you're not confident in what you actually are able to do in beating teams. Yeah, and I guess I was trying to get at is, I mean, do you think training camp and everything were they looking forward to getting on the field against Weber State, or are they looking ahead to this Washington game? That's what I was kind of getting at is. Has all this momentum been built up for this game? I think they're looking forward to getting on the field against BYU. That's my prediction. That's my – I don't know. I mean, we're not in the locker room, so we don't know. But I think that they they may have, uh, you know, looked ahead a teeny bit. But I think the bigger issue is they've had some letdowns. Like you said, they had this tradition of sort of playing to their opponent, and they may have underestimated people here and there. And they won't do that this weekend. So we'll see what they're really capable of. If you believe Britton Covey, they're more excited for this game. He said yeah. they were more excited for their Pac-12 opener than the other two games. Well, that's what the only thing that matters. Anything else, guys, as we wrap this up? I don't know. What's the dollar store special? That's what we're going to end with from now on. I think we've got to find those gummies that have, like, Dr. Pepper and root beer in them. <laughs> I'm going with Necco wafers. Yeah, exactly. Necco wafers for me. (laughs) Chalk. Colored chalk. (laughs) Anything else you think of Trent going into this? Nope. I think it's going to be a fun one. I think uh, it's going to be fun for the fans as a blackout game. And I think uh, it will be the most interesting game for us to watch and see what this team's identity is going to be. Will you guys be sporting black? You know, I don't think we're allowed to. I have a tradition of wearing gray or purple. What about white? I think white probably works. After Labor Day. You know, I don't know if that rule is that important. <laughs> but, Dirk, the bigger question is, are you going to wear your blue shirt or your brown shirt? Because those like are the only two shirts you wear. You have a green shirt maybe, on today. Maybe a combination, yes. Yes. Ooh. Okay. All right, everybody. You heard it for here first. <laughs> All right, folks. Appreciate you listening again, as usual. Uh, be sure to catch us uh, next time on our podcast and in- subscribe review us tell your friends about us share the podcast uh but it, we're available on itunes google play anywhere you get interesting podcasts if you don't know what a podcast is ask your children or your teenage neighbors and they will teach you how to they will unlock a world of storytelling for you you know it's one thing i want to remind you folks the, the old adage you know you can pick your family right <laughs> you can't pick your family except one. I was like what are you trying to tell me you can't pick your family but you can pick your friends 
You can pick your nose. You can pick your podcast, can't you? There you go. So pick the ladder in our direction. From a really gross man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Talk to you next time. 